Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash takes by fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows in the clips of the show there on a daily basis. And we are on podcasting apps, folks. Spotify, if you, if you only want to listen. Sorry, I'm caught off guard. I'm in a little bit of a uh, Twitter, not a war, but, you know, Twitter disagreement. And uh, it's kind of got me a little hot. Um, so I'm a little, uh, a little out of it at the beginning. But we are going to talk about it today in the show kind of early on. So stick around for that. But we are also on podcasting apps if you only want to listen. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So <laughs> however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, uh, today is a big old Wednesday. We just had the match last night. How great was that? We're going to talk about that right off the rip, but that is what golf should be, folks, 100%. Uh, but we'll talk about all that in a second. Uh, so we'll be breaking that down. Uh, the NBA Finals, Game 1, baby. Our kind of magic of wearing our Chris Paul jersey worked because the man absolutely went off his first Finals game ever in his career. And the man put up one hell of a performance. Absolutely fantastic. So we're breaking down that game as well today um and we are there was more panini nft blockchains cards up for sale today and you know we snagged 10 of them baby yes sir sold out in seven minutes and we were able to get 10 of those cards so we are going to be opening those on the show and there's kind of a lot of good stuff to talk about and uh, on that front so we will get into all that as well i don't think we'll get to the um the 2016 wild card game um against uh, packers giants to break down aaron Rodgers, but we are going to be talking a little Aaron Rodgers heavy today on the show. He's the one that's getting me in trouble on Twitter, folks. Uh, so let's just jump right into it with the stories of the day. And the first one up, we're just going to talk about the match. Because before we talk about anything that happened during the match, can we just talk about how great that is? That is entertainment. That is must-watch television. That is what fans want to see during a sporting event. Having the athletes mic'd up. Nobody else really interfering. We're just watching. You don't need to fill every single second of airtime with a word, a nonsense phrase. That, you know, when you're watching basketball, it's just like, oh my god. All right, yes, yes, we, we see that. You know, you know, they're saying it. They're doing the play-by-play, -play, and we get it. But at the same time, it's like if I would, if I have the choice of listening of play-by-play -play or everybody mic'd up, I'm listening to everybody mic'd up. I do my own play-by-play. -play. I'm watching it. I, I'm seeing what's happening. And, you know, they do have some good commentary here and there. But overall, this is what I want to see. Just have the athletes mic'd up. And Phil Mickelson, folks, I mean, what a great... Oh, my God. I was loving it. I don't even watch golf like that. And I was enthralled all five hours up until the NBA Finals. And then we had a switch. I'm not watching. I'm not watching the match over a game under the NBA Finals. But I, I was loving it. I don't watch golf like that, folks. Masters. Um, what's the other one? Masters. <laughs> Is that the only go golfing event? Uh, the U.S. Open. I don't watch that, folks. I don't really care. Maybe I'll watch the last hole. I, I'll follow it through Twitter. Um, but I'm not watching golf like that. But I loved what I saw last night. Absolutely magnificent. Phil, Phil Mickelson really just kind of picking everybody's brain. Yo, tell me what you're seeing here. And that was absolutely great because, you know, somebody that doesn't watch golf or even people that do watch golf... You know, they know all that terminology and lingo, and they're like, oh, wow, that's real smart. Maybe I wouldn't have done that, but, oh, wow, now that Phil Mickelson is kind of walking through it in his head, oh, now I understand why he's shooting it like that and what he's doing. So that was just absolutely fantastic last night. 
Truly, truly loved it. And uh, that is how sports should be watched, folks. Fuck everybody else. Mic up those athletes. Everybody kind of having some playful fun. Now, you know, the, the level of kind of competition was a little low. Obviously, this is a charity match. Uh, you know, if you got into the sand pit, you were donating meals to the hungry. So it's like you're going to be aiming for that a couple of times. Um so, it, it, you know, it'd be even more interesting if we're getting mic'd up athletes in, like, the finals. Could you imagine last night, Suns players? Could you imagine Chris Paul mic'd up going against Giannis, who did end up playing last night? And they're just kind of jawing back and forth on the floor in a high-pressure, high-competitive state? That would have been almost... Amazing to watch. I mean, I, I don't know. That probably would have been must-see TV. And I don't know if anything would have kind of lived up to that, honestly. So... Last night, the match, absolutely wonderfully done. Um, you know, hearing just kind of the friendly banter back and forth. Nothing ever got out of hand. It's all, you know, hey, we're doing this for charity. We all know we're great. We're all successful in our own careers. And we're just having, you know, a friendly, kind of decently competitive game out here. Loved all the back and forth. Um, and, you know, kind of the second part of it of the announcers and you know bringing in the guests i think they did that perfectly as well they didn't overdo it everything was kind of really kind of um very light-hearted and just kind of very uh, uh i don't know another word just light felt um you know having chuck and all that and all the kind of you know special guests come in for maybe a minute or two minutes never overdoing it nobody was ever kind of competing for the spotlight not everybody was trying to overdo each other updo each other so once again it was just it was honestly, for how long as it went, it was like a five-hour event, five-plus-hour event. I mean, it was almost perfection, folks. It was absolutely fantastic. So that part of the uh, the tournament, the match, absolutely great. Now let's talk about the meat and potatoes, what was going on. So obviously Tom Brady had a stunt, and this is what I'm loving, folks. Kind of we're getting we're getting kind of hints and glimpses and little kind of peeks into uh, evil Tom Brady, and I, that's what we've been looking for, folks. We want we want villain Brady out here. We want to see what he does. So and what what he says, and kind of uh, you know because we know he's the greatest of all time. He's got nothing less left to prove and nothing left to lose so that's why we want to see villain brady but uh he had to kind of go and stunt a little bit with his custom golf balls he put all of his super bowl wins on his golf ball folks and he went a little bougie with it by doing the roman numerals oh yes sir folks i mean this is how you get it done yes this is kind of the great kind of you know playful disrespect Especially going against Aaron Rodgers, who that's kind of his shortcoming in his kind of career. The really only one Super Bowl win in appearance, where Tom Brady's got seven rings, putting them all on there, folks. So once again, I'm loving kind of villain Tom Brady. These small, subtle digs, nothing over the top, even though we do wish he would go over the top a little bit. But uh, that's how the kind of match started, seeing Tom Brady's golf balls. And we knew we were in for a treat ever since then. Uh, I, I gotta get one of these golf balls, folks. I gotta, I don't know, I'll just make it myself, whatever, but I need one of these golf balls here from Tom Brady. Absolutely fantastic. 
All right, what else did we got get uh, from the match? So another thing I kind of want to bring up really quickly is, um, you know, I got to give a ton of props to Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he had one dig at the Packers organization, and we were running odds on our Twitter page on how many digs Aaron Rodgers would have during the match. Uh, we had two digs at minus 150, three digs at minus 110, four digs at plus 130, five digs at plus 186, digs at plus 220, and seven or more at plus 280. And I didn't count any digs. There was other people doing the digging for him a little bit. Um, and we're going to talk about that in a second as well. But overall, Aaron Rodgers, I got to give the man some credit and some respect. He didn't he didn't use this kind of the match platform to get in the digs. The kind of old, tired digs we've already seen. Now... We did kind of get all those digs during kind of the press conferences. We even, um, yeah, yeah, during the press conferences, that's really when all the digs came out. Um, so, you know, maybe he was <laughs> he was over the digs at the actual green and actually golfing. So for that, I definitely respect Aaron Rodgers for that. Everything Aaron Rodgers did yesterday, I give him a ton of respect because everybody was trying to pry in, uh, uh, try to pry out some information on what's going to happen with him and the Packers this season. And, you know, he kept cool. He kept it kind of lighthearted. And he kind of just dodged the question. So I'm giving a ton of respect and credit for Aaron Rodgers yesterday. Knowing this was going to be a highly kind of, I mean, this is the only thing we have to talk about Aaron Rodgers. No, I mean, we all know he's a great thrower of the football. We all know that. It's just, is he going to play? Is he actually going to hold out? And what's kind of the big deal between him and the organization? That's the only thing we really have to talk about for Aaron Rodgers. And he knows this, folks. He knows this is going to be highly talked about or even thought about. It's just depending on is anybody actually going to go out there and say that to the man, which they actually did. But uh, he kept cool, calm, collected. So I give that man a ton of credit. We we don't bash Aaron Rodgers. We we I know it sounds like we we bash Aaron Rodgers and dig and constantly knock on Aaron Rodgers, but it's not like we're doing we're not doing it just to do it. We're doing it just because of how elevated he is in the stratosphere of greatest of all time, folks. We're not going to, you know, we we love what he does on the football field. We love how he throws the football. It's fantastic. But the fact that he's just so elevated and can do no wrong, we're not going to kind of baby Aaron Rodgers. And if you're going to hold him up to the greatest of all time standard, we're going to we're going to also do the same. You can't just kind of, you know, pick and choose which battles you want to talk about at greatest of all time you have to take the good with the bad that's LeBron James I mean everybody harps on that um what was it 2012 finals against the Mavs losing that he should have never lost that finals and that kind of once again it's a big knock on his greatest of all time argument and it should be that should be weighed you know that should be kind of debated and talked about but nobody ever brings up the bad stuff of Aaron Rodgers folks and I'm not, like I said, I'm not doing it. I'm not knocking Aaron Rodgers just to knock Aaron Rodgers. I'm just kind of giving the whole picture here because we've seen somebody set the bar so high in the fact that Aaron Rodgers isn't living up to that high bar and it's kind of no fault of his own. The Like I said, Tom Brady has this organization out of whack, folks. He's got the entire league out of whack. Every kind of stat and every criteria that kind of you have to check for greatest of all time. Tom Brady just took that checklist and ran a thousand miles down the road and now we don't even know where it is and we've got he, he stole our only stat sheet folks he stole our only one stat chart that that is kind of doable for greatest of all time and now we don't know what the hell to think anymore because we got somebody that did it but nobody else has been able to do it 
So we have to give Tom Brady so much more credit in the fact that we're trying to kind of give, you know, we're trying to make every every piece of Aaron Rodgers' career as a positive to try to give him credit to try to compete with Tom Brady. I just can't get behind that 100%. So I call out some things that should be called out and talked about, and we can talk about them. Yeah, let's debate. Let's talk about it. But nobody wants to talk about it. That's the problem with Aaron Rodgers. Nobody wants to bring up the bad things about Aaron Rodgers. And if you do, you're gone. Like I'm getting gone right here, folks. The notifications keep running in here on Twitter. And we're going to talk about it. I'm, I'm interested to see what all these notifications are. I'm actually not. I really don't want to see it. I should have just muted the conversation. But I thought I'd bring it up here on the show today since we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. So I give a lot of credit to Aaron Rodgers last night. Let's bring it all back to that. I'm giving so much credit to Aaron Rodgers. Keeping a cool level head of everybody trying to get in the digs. Everyone was kind of doing the digging for Aaron Rodgers. And he doesn't need y'all to do the digs for him. He'll do the digs himself if he wants to. So he kept cool on that. And then also kind of towards the end of the of the match, Aaron Rodgers, um, the kind of um uh the analysts um that were doing it, they kind of they kind of they tried to get in deep. They were trying to kind of, you know, try to kind of force it out. And it was kind of like a full minute out of like Aaron Rodgers, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And he avoided it perfectly. So once again, I'm not always knocking Aaron Rodgers. I'll give him credit where credit is due, folks. I've got no problem doing that. That's what we do here on the show. I'm not knocking just to knock. I'm not giving credit just to give credit. I'm judging y'all how I see it. And I think it's pretty fair. I think it's probably the most fair and kind of honest and non-biased opinion in the entire sports media. Not to inflate my own head, but I kind of think so. Um, so 100% credit to Aaron Rodgers last night. Absolutely well done. All right, now let's get back to some kind of digs that were thrown out there. So Gronk ended up joining the call, and that's what I loved about this. I mean, they were all wearing like one AirPod, getting in the call, hearing what everybody was saying. It was just, folks, everything was about this was perfectly executed. I loved every second of this. I'll wa- I taped it. I'm going to rewatch it today in its entirety. No fast forward. I'm even watching the commercials, folks. I don't care. No fast forward. I'll watch it for five, six hours straight. I'm watching this, this shit again. It's fantastic. But here we go. So Gronk joins the call here. And Brady to Gronk, quote, I hope you're not at the beach too much. You ready? Because, I mean, they're trying to run it back there in Tampa Bay. Um, and Gronk says, I'm wondering if you're ready. You missed OTAs. You're out golfing now. And I don't know if that was a subtle dig to kind of Aaron Rodgers because, once again, he missed OTAs and mandatory minicamps, and now he's golfing. So that probably wasn't the best thing for Gronk to say at this time. But uh, we can forgive Gronk. He, yeah, he, he most likely didn't mean any harm by this. And then Brady says, I'm studying my competition. I'm 30 away. I'm 30 yards away from Aaron, the leader of the Packers, I think. So that was once again, they were getting Tom Brady was kind of doing the subtle digs here. And this is what we've kind of been talking about with Tom Brady here. He's digging in on Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know if it's 100% Smurfy. I kind of think it's like maybe 60% Smurfy, 40%. I'm getting these digs in. He will never be better than me. I know. I, Tom Brady, know he will never be better than me. I beat him head to head. He'll never touch my greatness legacy. So I'm going to kind of poke and go a little extra deep and hey I can just write it off hey I'm Tom Brady I've always been a little smurfy I've always been a little kind of I've never been the villain I've always been the good guy Brady so he's kind of disguising it I think I think a little bit villainous tone out here um with some of these digs that he's saying about Aaron Rodgers of you know 
Hey, I think he's the leader of the Packers. I don't know. You know, he's going to hold out. You know, I never did that. I never held out, but he's holding out, and I never did that. I don't, the greatest of all times don't hold out, but, hey, I think he's the leader of the Packers. So that was kind of the first one that we heard, or one of them at least. I don't know about the order in these. So that was kind of the first thing there. And Aaron Rodgers kept his cool. Didn't really kind of make a big remark out of it. Didn't be like, oh, yeah, you know, me too. Yeah, I don't I don't even know. Oh, you know, I'm here. The Packers just need to call me. There was no kind of rebuttal here from Aaron Rodgers. So once again, no quick, quick, like, um, you know, the Jeopardy answer and all that. So once again, more credit and more respect to Aaron Rodgers. All right, what else did we get here? Um, so Rob Gronkowski on Aaron Rodgers, he says, quote, once again, Aaron, uh, Rob Gronkowski joining the call says, Aaron looks more lazy now than I did in retirement. And once again, Gronk was going a little hard on Aaron Rodgers out here. And we just heard the entire story of Aaron Rodgers is trying to work out his mental health. And everybody's out here, you know, throwing things at him. And they kind of, you know, match. We're at golf. We're not talking about football. But that topic was still getting brought up. So that's why I'm giving Aaron Rodgers a ton of credit for how he handled it. He handled it like a true pro. So I give him all the respect he deserves, folks. Uh, so we had that little dig. But then what did Aaron Rodgers do? He took all of that and he hit the game-winning shot, folks. I think they were already up. Um, Aaron Rodgers and uh, DeChambeau, Bryson DeChambeau, they were already up by a couple of holes. But this last shot by Aaron Rodgers sealed it. This nice little, I'll say, eight-foot, no, probably five-foot putt here. Maybe five, six, seven-ish, seven-max foot putt here. And he just goes and drains it. And it's absolutely fantastic. So Aaron Rodgers being clutch, hey, I'm all about that, folks. And that's kind of, you know, Aaron Rodgers, what he says, hey, if it was just me out there by myself, I would win every single year, every single Super Bowl because I'm that great. And that's exactly what it showed out here during the match. Clutch putt to end the game, to win the match. And it all came down to Aaron Rodgers, and he sunk it absolutely perfectly. And another reason I can get behind Aaron Rodgers a little bit here is because after he made the putt, he let out a big, yes, sir! Yes, sir! Like, he, you know, this is still kind of competition. You're still going against people. You're still treating this as high level of competition. And for that, I can once again respect Aaron Rodgers 100% for that. I love that. Yes, sir. Woo, baby. Let's go. Winner, winner. Chicken dinner. Aaron Rodgers winning, hitting the final putt. So I love that. The big yes, sir, at the end. Give Aaron Rodgers some credit. Now, you know, I don't want to kind of, you know, be negative and talk about this, but I'm going to have to be a little negative and talk about this. Aaron Rodgers, you know, getting hype on a kind of, you know, overall meaningless golf match. You have to have that same attitude when you're facing Tom Brady. Why Why couldn't you get up to that kind of, yes, sir, during the NFC Championship game? Come on, Aaron. That's, uh, we've got, we would have no problem calling you the GOAT, but you have to go out there and prove it on the football field. That's what we want to see. Yeah, it's great that you won a golf match against Tom Brady, but... Is anybody going to be talking about this? After next week, this is done. Nobody's talking about this more after the end of this week. By Friday. By Friday, nobody will bring up the match ever again. So it's just like, yeah, I'm glad that, you know, you 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 rose to the occasion here. But we really want you to see. We really want to see you rise to the occasion on the football field, folks. So Aaron Rodgers, game-winning putt. I guess we respect it a little bit. <coughs> All right, now let's talk about this because this is where it came up. 
about a full minute of just kind of harping on what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. One of the kind of analysis like, you know, you know, are you going to be there week one against the Saints? And he's just like, you know, let me see. Hang on. Let me see what it says here. He says, so they're like, are you going to be there week one against the Saints? He's like, yeah, you know, I don't know. You know, we'll see. So once again, just dodging and not giving any insight one way, not taking a day, dig at the Packers, be like, well, you know, if they got me help, yeah, I'd be there. He never said anything like that. It was just kind of, you know, yeah, we'll see. And then, um, you know, the other announcer comes in and kind of, you know, once again, you know, hey, I'm your pal. And then Chuck comes in and was like, hey, you can trust me. I won't say anything. You could talk to me. So this was about a full minute kind of exchange here of trying to pry out some information of Aaron Rodgers. And we know he doesn't kind of, you know, talk about this publicly. We do know that Aaron Rodgers is internal. That's why, you know, the little little, you know, lighthearted joke that we call him Turtle Rodgers a little bit. He does kind of keep everything internal internal so he doesn't kind of you know talk about his plans like this and he's definitely not going to do it here on the match I mean this is just not the time to do so it would have been great if we got some insight but we kind of expected we weren't going to get anything so once again just Aaron Rodgers holding his cool dodging the questions having a smile on his face while he's answering and just kind of you know you know brushing it off and uh, so once again we do we do give a lot of credit to Aaron Rodgers truly on how he handled this so very well done there Alrighty, so that was the match last night. It was great, folks. It was great. I'm a little disappointed. We bet on Tom Brady to get it done, and he didn't get it done. So Aaron Rodgers is the better golfer than Tom Brady. We can't kind of conclude that. Um, but you know, one's got seven championship rings and one's got one. So I'll take I'll take the work on the football field. Uh, so that was the match last night. Absolutely very fantastic. Loved every second of it, and uh, we'll see what the what the next match is going to be, and if we can get behind it. Alrighty, before we move off the topic of Aaron Rodgers in the match and all that, let's talk about, oh no, let's talk about this first, um, and then we'll talk about um, our Twitter, our Twitter engagement going on, but, so, what we've kind of been talking about, um, you could still opt out of the NFL season this season because of COVID, if you opt out, you wouldn't get anything, uh, but if you are a high risk, uh, and you opt out a high risk for COVID and you opt out, then you would get kind of a monthly stipend of a pretty solid money. I think, I think we were talking about like 150,000, something like that. So nobody opted out of the NFL season this season, folks. So that's absolutely great. Like last year, a lot of kind of players did a lot of Patriots defense did. I think we had about 20 players, maybe, um, overall throughout the NFL opt out of the season last year, but nobody decided to take that route this year. So once again, we bring this back to Aaron Rodgers. He's in this kind of situation <clears throat> between him and the Packers where we don't know what's going to happen. Um, he, Aaron Rodgers wants to hold out. The Packers aren't really willing or looking into trading him. And, you know, we're, we, we're in this limbo of we don't know what's going on with the Packers at quarterback this season. So we would have, we were kind of thinking if Aaron Rodgers truly wanted to hold out here that he would opt out of this season. Hey, I'm just going to sit out because of COVID. I'll let y'all, y'all are going to do what y'all are going to do. And, um, you know, I just don't respect the organization anymore. I'm truly, I'm truly done with the organization. And if that means I can't play football this year, well, so be it. But I'm going to opt out. So it's not kind of a black mark on me. I'm just opting out because of COVID. You can't put any blame on me. 
I, I would have respected Aaron Rodgers a, a whole lot if he did that because that would have took massive balls to do that. And like we said, everybody kind of wanting to have it both ways. Like we've been saying, folks, we brought this up yesterday when we were talking about like mental health and all that. It's unfortunate that these athletes and famous people have to be thrown into the spotlight, but that's where money is made, and that's why they are able to get paid all that money. You have to kind of take the criticism if you put yourself out there. We put ourselves out there. You can criticize us. We've got no problem with that. We are putting, we are actively putting our opinion out there. We have to be able to. Um, not a, you don't have to accept the criticism, but you do have to kind of accept the fact that criticism will be thrown in your direction, whether good or bad, whatever it is, you put yourself out there, you open yourself up for that criticism. It's unfortunate, but that is unfortunately how it kind of works. So we would have respected Aaron Rodgers a ton if he opted out of the season. Um, you know, uh, you know, athletes, everybody, you know, Kyrie Irving, you know, he's like, hey, I want to be an athlete and I I want to be in the limelight and get all this money, but I don't want to be criticized. And if you criticize me or talk about me, then, you know, you're in the wrong and, you know, you're racist and, you know, you're you're this, you're that. You're just you're you're out of your gourd for even thinking you could kind of critique me. It, it's just what comes with the territory, folks. It's just unfortunate. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. He tries to have this as well. He's like, you know, when we talked about his kind of, you know, mental health statement the other day, he was like, you know, I, uh, it's been great for just kind of taking this time for me. I'm not in the spotlight. But once again, I mean, he's, I mean, he's almost, he's kind of hailed as one of the greatest of all times, folks. I mean, you are definitely going to be in the spotlight of that time. You're going to be talked forever. You're going to be talked about forever, Aaron Rodgers. And there's really, unfortunately, nothing you can do about this. If you want to be in the greatest of all time category, people will be talking about you 20 years down the line. 50 years down the line, 100 years down the line when you're dead and gone and your kids' kids are now talking about, you know, football and sports and the greatest of all time, they're still going to be talking about Aaron Rodgers because he was so great. So it's unfortunate that that's just the price that you have to pay for being in the spotlight. So I would have respected him 100% of just being like, you know what, I don't need this. I'm going to opt out. I'm going to take myself out of the spotlight, out of the limelight for a year, and we'll see what happens in this year's time. But now, once again, he declined opt out. Nobody opted out of this season. So once again, he's still a little bit in the limelight, him taking the match. He he decided to do this, folks. He was not forced to do this. This was an opportunity. Hey, you want to go you know, golf against Tom Brady? Yeah, sure. You're still kind of putting yourself decently in the spotlight as well. So once again, you can't have it both ways. And we'll see what Aaron Rodgers' final decision is. Does he attend training camp at the uh, at the start at the end of this month for training camp, or is he truly gonna hold out and just be like, hey? I'm holding firm in my beliefs. I don't respect this organization anymore. I've made my money. I'm good. I don't need y'all anymore. And you can either trade me or not, but I'm not playing for y'all. So once again, are you truly firm in your beliefs? Because, hey, um... We talk about it, um, Drew, um, Andrew Luck, folks. I, I I can't even tell you how much credit I give that man for. Hey, oh, this is what happens with injuries in the NFL. It kind of ruins my 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 life after football. I don't want to be 35, 40 years old and have no kind of quality of life because of these injuries. I'm gonna peace out. Thanks for the contract. I I was playing at the highest level. I was great, folks. Andrew Luck could have been you know mentioned in the greatest of all time category, at least top five, maybe top or at least top ten, maybe top five if he played out his entire career. But what did he do? He was like, you know what? 
I don't need this. I've made my money. I'm not here for the injuries. I'm out. And I respect him 100%. Or you could be like Kawhi Leonard. Don't put yourself out there. Don't say anything interesting. And the media just kind of leaves you alone. Kawhi Leonard's playing at a high level. He's regarded as kind of top five in the league right now. And nobody talks about him. Because he doesn't kind of say anything to the media. Real minimalistic talking. There's options to not be in the spotlight, folks. That's the entire point we're talking about, truly. There are ways to kind of try to get around the limelight if you truly do not want to be in the limelight. But everybody that says they don't want to be in the limelight has kind of everything controversial and says things that, you know, people that don't actually want to be in the limelight wouldn't be saying, but then they do say those things. So... That's kind of, you know, what we're saying here, and he does not opt out of the 2021 season. So, we'll see what he does. He does kind of still want to be in the spotlight a little bit, folks, a little bit. All righty, now let's get to our big Twitter engagement, folks, and see what everybody's saying now. So, it was a tweet by NFL, the official NFL verified Twitter account, and their question was, 2011, 2014, 2020, which was the best Aaron Rodgers MVP season? Now, his 2011 MVP season, 4,600 yards, 45 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. Great numbers there. Absolutely fantastic. 2014 MVP season, 4,300 yards, 38 touchdowns. Kind of keep track of the yards and the touchdowns here, folks. 2011, 4,600 yards, 45 touchdowns. 2014 season, 4,300 yards, 38 touchdowns. Just last season, 2020, he won MVP, 4,200 yards, 48 touchdowns. So, the only conclusion that we drew, and we've kind of been talking about this. I was talking with friends the other day, and we all kind of agreed with this. We were just talking about Aaron Rodgers, and we all kind of, kind of came to the same conclusion he just throws the ball away. So this is the only thing that we said, folks. This is what we said that caused this entire war. Here we go. I said, I'm not knocking Rodgers, but 48 touchdowns and only 4,200 yards, this man doesn't attempt the dangerous throws that are needed to win the big games. And yes, I know he has wild throws late in games. We've seen him the Hail Marys time and time and time again. Fantastic. Most of them do get completed, so we give the man credit. So I said, and yes, I know he has wild throws late in games. I'm talking about the middle of games, not waiting till it's needed, needed for a comeback win. That's, I mean, that's the big thing about Aaron Rodgers. He comes back. He never wins when he comes back, but he comes back. He comes back big. So, we, we've been seeing this during kind of, you know, when we're watching all these playoff performances by him again. This is why we're doing the credit revisit. Are we wrong? It's kind of just the general consensus wrong. Are we both right in some ways? That's what we've been doing, exploring these kind of playoff performances, watching the film, looking at the stats, comparing it um, against the team that he's facing and all that. So, we said it was just a little bit light. 4,200 yards? That's kind of, that's kind of, you know, we put 4,000 yards as kind of a baseline of having a real good throwing season. 5,000 yards is exceptional. We truly um, regard that highly. And Aaron Rodgers only 4,200 yards for 48 touchdowns, folks. I mean, I just had to recheck my numbers. It was, I, was my thinking out of whack. And when we go to the most touchdowns thrown in and out in NFL season, we get number one to Peyton Manning. He threw 55 touchdowns. That's number one, folks, in the NFL, and this was in 2013. You know how many yards Peyton Manning threw for 55 touchdowns, folks? 
5,400 yards. 5,400. Fantastic. Throwing the ball, making those extra throws. He had 10 interceptions that season as well, but making those dangerous throws, high risk, high reward, making those throws to at least give your players a chance to make a play on the ball, to score and to move the ball down the field. 5,400 yards with 55 touchdowns. Fantastic. What's number two, folks? Tom Brady. He threw 50 touchdowns. So did Patrick Mahomes. Let's talk about uh, Tom Brady first. They're both tied for second at 50 touchdowns. So he did that. Tom Brady did that in 2007. How many yards did he throw for? 4,800, folks. 4,800 yards. Two more touchdowns than than Aaron Rodgers threw with 500 more yards? Isn't that a little dis? I mean, 100 yards, there's 100 yards for the touchdown. The maximum you can go is basically 100 yards. So what's the extra 300 yards for if you kind of give those 200, um, 200 yards for those touchdowns? And that's maximum, folks. And then we get Patrick Mahomes, folks. 50 touchdowns in 2018. And we know this man just got into the league. This was his uh, third year, second year. 50 touchdowns with 5,000 yards fantastic again who's tied for or who's number four because uh, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes are tied for two Peyton Manning again 49 touchdowns in 2004 and he threw for 4,500 yards so once again it really kind of similar to Aaron Rodgers um but he also threw 10 interceptions so once again making those riskier throws trying to move the ball down the field a little bit more aggressively and then we get number five, and this one, this one is truly the one that needs to be talked about because this is just stupid. Uh, but D- uh, Dan Marino, folks, number five, tied with Aaron Rodgers for 48 touchdown passes, and he did this, folks. He did that in 1984, and he threw for five thousand yards in 1984 folks that's absolutely mind-blowing I think he was the first one to ever do it honestly 1984 we know it's a kind of a new passing generation here in the kind of um, mid to late 2000s that's really when the passing truly took over but Dan Marino was doing it before anybody else honestly 48 touchdowns in 1984 with five thousand yards absolutely fantastic and then we look at Aaron Rodgers 48 touchdowns for 4,200 yards it's the outlier folks he is the outlier here in the top five so we bring it back to this point of that just Aaron Rodgers he's great nobody's doubting his throwing ability we know he's throwing great but he is kind of conscious about not turning the ball over because that's going to affect his overall legacy this is why he doesn't have the interceptions that's why in 2011 he had six interceptions that's why in 2014 he had five interceptions that's why in 2020 he has five interceptions and that's you know one of the categories that people use as an argument to say that he's the greatest of all time and I've got no problem with that yes not turning the ball over that's fantastic but as you're not turning the ball over you're not trying to kind of give your give your receivers a 50-50 ball chance maybe even a little less 60% kind of incomplete 40% 40% catch percentage, maybe even kind of 70% of a pick, 30% of a catch, but you have to try and make that throw. And folks, another thing that Aaron Rodgers, everybody talks about it all season, I couldn't find 
this was kind of like the best example I could find just kind of short on the fly is from 2008 Aaron Rodgers just throws the ball away we see it time and time and time and time and time and time and time again now all these aren't just a one like a one tier one um um, kind of coverages. It's not that everybody's locked up. It's just it's that Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to even take a chance at turning the ball over. He would rather kind of live for the next down, but at the same time, that's how you get behind. Oh, we go three now. Oh, that's no problem. We'll do it again next drive. And we see this time and time again, folks. You can go back to our kind of credit revisits on Aaron Rodgers. They're on our YouTube channel. We've been doing them every time for the playoffs. We see multiple three now, three now, three now, kind of back to back to back. Aaron Rodgers, hey, you know, I'm just going to throw this away, this one away. We'll get it next time. Hey, I'm just going to throw this one away. We'll get it next time. Hey, we'll get this, you know, we'll just do it next time. But next time, is it guaranteed? Is it ever going to come? Now you're down three. Now you're down seven. Now you're down ten. And you're still going three and out, throwing the ball away, not trusting your receivers 100% to make the pass. Aaron Rodgers a little bit hyper aware of his stats and how people talk about stats in the media and he does not want to be on the negative side of the media in the limelight so we could just read the first couple paragraphs here and it kind of puts it perfectly into context folks so here we go this is from pff uh the most throwaways by a quarterback that we have recorded at pff in a single season since we began charting back in 2006 came two years ago when philip rivers notched 46 46 throwaways in a season now what do we say about philip rivers folks he's got no ring he's got great stats longevity stats but he's got no ring and no real big game wins. What does Aaron Rodgers have? Longevity stats, great stats. One Super Bowl ring in appearance. Losing four NFC Championship games. Not getting it done in the big game. You see, folks? You see? But let's keep continuing here. Rivers has been the king of the throwaway since entering the league in the past 12 years. Once again, what do, what's our knock on Phillip Rivers, folks? He doesn't win the big game. This, is this correlation? Potentially, folks. The numbers are here. The facts are here. Rivers has been the king of throwaway since entering the league in the past 12 years. He has led the NFL in throwaway six times and finished inside the top five in the league another four seasons. This season, this was 20, 2018, one quarterback appears to be in a position to not only surpass Rivers' mark of 46 throwaways in 2016, but he is on pace to absolutely shatter it. Rodgers has amassed 32 throwaways through his first seven games in 2018, folks. At this pace, he will set. He is set to throw the ball away 73 times in a 16-game season. So, I mean, if you're in the same conversation as Phillip Rivers, that's not that great. And especially what we've been saying, the knock on Aaron Rodgers not making those difficult throws or not trying to make those kind of difficult throws. And we're not, we're not knocking you for throwing the ball away and living for another down. That is needed in this league. But you need to know when you have to try and make that throw. Don't save those great magician throws to the end of the game when you're already down by seven and you need to, and you need to tie up the game. Or, you know, hey, it's do or die right now, right now, right now. You have to do it in the middle of the game, at the start of the game, to get on top, you know, to carry the lead and to put the pressure on the other team. But Aaron Rodgers, it's kind of like he doesn't do that often. He doesn't do that often enough, and that's why he's only got one Super Bowl win in appearance, folks. How are we calling this man the greatest of all time when he's only been to one Super Bowl? Yes, he won it. That's great. But floundering in the NFC Championship games 
not getting it done, not making the big plays when they are needed in, you know, in certain game time scenarios because he's throwing the ball away, because he's afraid of throwing the interceptions. That's all we were saying here. I don't not, I'm not knocking Aaron Rodgers, folks. He is, if you told me he's the greatest passer of the football, he is the greatest thrower of the football of all time, I would probably agree with you. I would probably agree with you. But in the overall scheme of a sport where winning truly matters, you have to pair the winning with the talent. And we get Tom Brady that's been to 10, folks. 1-7. Stepping up and coming back down 28-3 in a Super Bowl. Would Aaron Rodgers do that? He may have gotten it to 28-25. And hey, that's a, that's good enough for Aaron Rodgers. That's all we hear. So that's the only thing that we're talking about with Aaron Rodgers. I'm not knocking him truly 100%, folks. I give him credit where credit is due, and he's got a great arm. But he is hyper aware of turning the ball over and making negative plays. We see a lot of checkdowns in these kind of playoff games. We are pointing him out. Take the risk. No, I, I yes, it's not 100% open, but you still have to give your receiver a chance. Still got to move the ball a little bit, put the pressure on the other team, eat up the clock a little bit more. That's all we're saying on Aaron Rodgers. But let's get into these replies because they've just been racking up over the last 40 minutes as we were doing the show. So that's all we said in the tweet. The first person <clears throat> said... Um, and he got 25 likes on this, and they just keep counting. Just say you don't watch the Packers and move on, bub, because if that's your take, then you clearly don't watch them play. Oh, oh yes, I, for <laughs> I forgot. Us. <laughs> Us that is documented on watching them play for the last year. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, we clearly don't watch. We clearly don't watch. That's what we're talking about. That's why we don't like to tweet that much, uh, because everyone's just trying to dunk. Everyone's just trying to dunk on you for the likes. You got 25 likes off of that. People do this. How many followers he got? This is a no name. He's got 220 followers. This is probably his biggest tweet. A dunk on me. Hey, bub. You clear. Hey, if you don't watch the game, just say that, bub. You clearly don't. Yes, I, I forgot, folks. We don't do the Wednesday film studies every single week throughout the NFL season. I forgot. I, folks, I'm, I'm sorry. I forgot. Um, and just because, you know, I, I've only started this show the last year, folks, this is what I've been doing, folks. This is why I started the show. I've been doing this for the last 20 years as I've been watching football. I just recently started the channel. So, I'm sorry. We clearly don't watch it. I'm, we clearly haven't been doing the, uh, the Aaron Rodgers credit revisits and judging his performance in his playoff games. I forgot. We clearly don't watch it. And he got another like as we've been saying this. Um, somebody said this is a wild take. I'll live and die by this take. I don't care. I live and die by this take. Y'all can come at me whatever way you want. I don't care. I will live and die by this take. I don't. You're not going to pressure me of changing my take. I know what I see. This is what I see. I call it out. We've got the facts to prove it. I've got no problem. Once I once again, I mean, folks, if you go, if you come after Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers and Kyrie Irving, if you go after them on Twitter, you will get buried. You will get buried. All right, what else do we get here? Somebody liked my tweet, so I, I, um, I appreciate that. Um, what else do we get? Change your name to bad takes by fans. LMAO. Ooh, Bob, you missed the mark on this one. No likes. Ooh, this one's been up for 44 minutes. No likes. Oof. Yikes. Sorry, bud. The, dog, the dunk did not stick. The dunk got rejected. Yikes. Um, all right, just say you – this is a new guy. Uh, just say you didn't watch him play this year. LMAO, whoa, 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 whoa. He did all that while throwing the 12th most, 
the twelfth most in the league. The twelfth most in the league. <laughs> that's a, that's the standard we're holding our greatest of all times at. The twelfth most in the league. <laughs> okay, twelfth most in the league. <laughs> what? Y'all see this is what I'm talking about, folks. We hold Aaron Rodgers to a higher standard. We're not talking about Ryan Tannehill like this. We're not talking about um, Daniel Jones or Dak Prescott or um, who. We're not talking. I'll go through the list right now. I will go through the list right now, folks. We hold different players to different standards if they're great. 12th most? That's your bar? 12th most? Stop it. Truly. I'm holding uh, Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson to the standard. We're not even holding really Matt Stafford to the standard because he hasn't won in this league before. So yes, we hold Aaron Rodgers to a higher standard. We're not holding Matthew Stafford, Kyler Murray, R Jimmy Garoppolo, whoever starts for the Saints, both of them, Jameis Winston, um, Teddy Bridgewater for the Panthers, but now Sam Darnold. We're not even holding Matt Ryan to this standard, folks, and he's been to the Super Bowl. Um, we're not holding Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott. We're not holding Kirk Cousins to this standard. We're not holding Ryan Tannehill. We're not holding Carson Wentz. We're not holding Deshaun Watson. We're not holding Josh Allen quite yet. He's getting there. He's getting up there. But we're not holding these other quarterbacks to the same standard. We're talking about the greatest of all time. Y'all act like we're talking about a regular, regular quarterback. No. Y'all are, folks, y'all not know what the greatest of all time means. The greatest of all time. Number one. Nobody can check him. Nobody can pass him. You can't make an argument to kind of say somebody else over this man. And y'all are bragging about 12th most throwing yards in the league last year? What? Please, folks. Another thing people failed to realize. We are holding other players to higher standards if they have proven that they can play the game, play the game at a high level, play the game at a high level consistently, win a ring, get to championships game over and over and over again, and throw the football fantastically. We hold them to higher standards. Jeez. So let's get back to anti-Mark Murphy account at Tim Timmy Venmo. 926 followers, one like. Once again, the dunk didn't stick, my man. Unfortunate. Uh, just say you didn't watch him play this year, LMA. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. He did all that while throwing the 12th most in the league. How funny. Um, imagine if he was letting it rip 35 to 40 times a game like guys like Brady, Allen, and Mahomes. All right, then do that. But I, I thought he didn't have help. But he's got help with the running game. So he doesn't have to throw that much. So once again, what is it? What is it? All right, another guy says, sure, the king of the Hail Mary doesn't attempt dangerous. Hail Marys aren't dangerous, folks. You throw Hail Marys when the game is basically over. What is that? What? Sure, the king of the Hail Mary doesn't attempt dangerous throws. That's why I put in the tweet. If y'all looked, if y'all read it, but I say one negative thing about Tom uh, Aaron Rodgers and y'all are ready to kill me. Let me bring up my wording because I specifically worded it this way so I didn't get the Hail Mary argument. Oh my gosh. Y'all, y'all are crazy out here, folks. This is what I said. Where's my tweet? I can't even find it now. Jeez. Can't even find my tweet no more. They buried it so down low. Everyone's hot takes to get the dunk on me. 
This is what I said. And yes, I know he th he has. Yes, this is what I said. And yes, I know he has wild throws late in games. That's the Hail Mary I'm talking about. They're great. It's great. But it results in losses most of the time. Or it ties up the game and then they lose in overtime. We just saw that in the playoffs. Hail Marys aren't a thing that you should be kind of stacking a greatest of all time argument on. They're lucky throws. That's why they're called Hail Marys. This man brought up a Hail Mary argument to me, folks. What are what are we doing? Bad take. Laughing emoji. Laughing emoji. Laughing emoji. Well, he got no likes. Once again, the dunk did not land. We got a follower, a follower out of it. So what's up? <laughs> who, who really won? Y'all can have the 25 likes. I'll take the follower. Um, so I don't know, man. I don't know, folks. I don't know what y'all are. I don't know, man. Y'all are not holding this man to the high, high standard that he needs to be held with. He's great. He's great. Nobody's saying he's not great. But I'm going to hold great to a higher standard. That's all we're saying. Jeez. So, that's where we're at. The numbers are still pouring in for those guys that got the dunk on me. I got four likes on the tweet. I'll take it. People know. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. We got we got a new guy here. Just just came in. Here we go. You're actually dead wrong. Rodgers' yards per throw is 4.6. That is the lowest among all active quarterbacks in the league, and that's a fact. Rodgers throws short, safe passes and lets his receivers do the work for him. Derrick Henry's 2,000 yards was more impressive. Ooh, he agrees, folks, folks, folks. This man's agreeing with us. So, the dunk, the dunksters, enjoy your 28 likes. They're all by everybody that's <laughs> they're all by everybody that's wrong. Congrats. <laughs> so that's where we're at, folks. That's where we're at. Jeez. Alright, let's keep moving on here. We got jeez, we've been going late in the show. But hey, we'll take it. I mean, you know, talk about Aaron Rodgers in the match. I'll talk about that all day. I got no problem talking about Aaron Rodgers all day, folks. I will point out the misconceptions. I will point out the greatness. We do that. I give the man credit, folks. But with the credit comes. High criticisms of the of the low of the lows, and that's what we do as well. Nobody gets a free pass here, folks. Nobody gets a free pass. All right, let's keep going here. All right, here we go. Oh boy, this could be wild, folks. I don't I don't know what we're gonna get here, but here we go. Le'Veon Bell's baby mama number six calls him quote the worst fucking human on the planet. Ooh, that's never good. <laughs> you don't want everybody to call you the worst person on the planet. There's a lot of bad people in this world. And if you're the worst, that's saying something. So we're going to see what she's actually saying here. I don't know what else she's calling him, but hopefully we get something else that we can kind of sink our teeth into. Some examples of why he's the worst human on the planet. Um, but kind of let's say what's going on with Le'Veon Bell. A great year, uh, a great career in Pittsburgh, him and Antonio Brown. And then they went wild and left Pittsburgh for whatever reason. They had their freaking bread buttered there. Um, then they decided to leave. Antonio Brown got a ring, so I guess he made the right decision. But once again, he was kind of, you know, out there a little bit in the media, not in a good light. 
And Le'Veon Bell was kind of the same way. After Pittsburgh, he went to the Jets, and Adam Gase called him out as soon as he got there, said, I don't want to pay this man. <laughs> and uh, they said that they had a great relationship, but we all knew that was bogus. And then he left a couple of games later, and then he went with the Chiefs, and because he didn't get playing time, he said that Andy Reid was garbage. He was a garbage head coach. He called out Andy Reid, and that's kind of when we started to lose a little respect for Le'Veon Bell because we've seen... Andy Reid be great for year after year after year after year after year after year. Le'Veon Bell, after leaving kind of the great position that he was in with the Steelers, just unfortunately hasn't really regained his superstar overall status. Unfortunate. And now he's a free agent. We want him to go to Atlanta. But if he is the worst fucking human on the planet, well, maybe we change our mind a little bit. So let's see what baby mama number six is saying here about Le'Veon Bell. Alrighty, what do we get here? Anything good. It has been the easiest few years for Le'Veon Bell. After a couple of 1,200-plus yard seasons for the Steelers, he sought a payday worthy of his contributions, and ever since that, he's been a constant rider on a downbound train. He sat out for 2018 season, ended up on the Jets, Against the very public wishes of head coach Adam Gase as the team went 7-9. As we said, folks, that whole saga was crazy. As soon as Le'Veon Bell got there, Adam Gase said we shouldn't be paying a running back this much money. It was Adam Gase, we all know he's a trash coach. I mean, you can't trash your talent. You don't talk bad about your players. I don't care, folks. If they're garbage, overpaid, this or that, that's not what the head coach does. <laughs> the head coach uplifts your players. And Adam Gase doesn't do that. That's why we hate Adam Gase, truly. He's the worst head coach of all time. I've got no problem saying that. All right. Um, as the team went 7-9, and his average plummeted to 3.2 yards per average. Then he ended up famously engaged in one of the most expensive threesomes ever, getting robbed of a half a million dollars by a pair of ladies he squirted into his bedroom. Squirted. Sorry, not squirted. Um, all right, I didn't know all that. <laughs> I didn't know all that. All right, uh, let's keep it going here. This is by Barstool Sports, by the way, by the way. so they wrote this article. Uh, so any of the wording, any of the wild sentences, it's all on them. <laughs> but let's keep going here. Um, even last year didn't work out for him as the, as he somehow landed on his feet in Kansas city only to become the most non-factory, uh, the non-factory of non-factors in the chiefs ill-fated postseason with a total of just two carries for six yards. But looking back the last three years will seem like golden Hallican, Hallison days. What the hell does this word mean? Hallison H L H A L C Y O N the hell does this mean? Um, denoting to a period of time in the past that was idyllically happy and peaceful. Oh, absolutely that. Absolutely Halican. Halixen. The hell do you pronounce this? Halcyon. Definitely Halcyon, folks. All right. Halcyon days of pure joy compared to today. Right now, he's out of work, but that is just the least of his problems after the social media beating he took, he just took from the mother of his six of his seven children. Meet Golden Blondie from Fox News describes as having, quote, done work in Instagram hotspots like the UAE, Dubai, Kansas City, Tulum, and Ibiza. And adds she, quote, doesn't appear to be headed down a path where she'll be setting down, settling down with the baby daddy Le'Veon. The new mama celebrated July 4th by giving out a lap dance in a limo van and partied at the clubs. She's also the author of this little gem. Let's see what she wrote here. 
Le'Veon Bell, since you blocked me, I guess we can talk on here because you only care what the public thinks. You're the worst fucking human being on the planet. You can't even call yourself a man when you barely take care of your kids, you do claim, and pick and choose which ones you claim. Ooh, that's never great. Jeez. Oh, and can and we can dead the narrative. I choose I choose to be baby mama number six because I never knew that. I would have ran for the hills. But I guess that's why you had to get an dumb underaged bitch like me. I why are we crossing out curse words, folks? Can we stop with the curse words, honestly? What's the big deal, honestly? They're curse words. Get over it. People say them. People hear them. Kids hear them. It's unfortunate. If you don't want them saying it, don't just don't have them say it. But the fact that I have to dance around, me, a 25-year-old man, have to dance around and zoom in and try to decipher like highlights over and uh, bleeped out over words? Can we all grow up a little bit? Jeez, I, I, that's the one thing I hate, folks. Can we get over the curse words? What's the big deal? Fuck, bitch. Shit. What's up? <laughs> Y'all gonna come for me? What's the deal? Um, so please, get over the curse words, folks. They're honestly, oh, they're words. Six and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. Isn't that what we all live by? They're words. Sentence enhancers. Fuck. Jesus. For, fuck. I shouldn't have said that one. That one, that one's a little wild. I do agree. Um, but just fuck. Damn it. Fuck. Sentence enhancers. Aaron Rodgers winning the match. Yes, sir. Let's fucking go, baby. Y'all are going to censor that? I don't agree. All right, but back to this. Uh, but I guess that's why he had to go and get a, 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 a dumb underage bitch after me. Oh, my God. Jeez. Underage? You can't be throwing that around here. That will get you canceled instantly. Um, I let you slide for a minute, trying to keep it cool, but now the world can know what a terrible person you are. You said you would be there for me and the baby and went ghost when it came out in the blogs like the coward you are. No NFL team want a little <laughs> No NFL team want a little coward. You got a point. I mean, you gotta be a you gotta be a man. You gotta be kind of a physical man in the NFL. Jeez, no team in the NFL want a little coward. Oh, and oh, don't try and spin that fucking narrative that I'm just out for your money because a you wouldn't be the person I'd go for if it was just about money. Alameo, you don't even have a. Oh my god, you don't even have a contract shaking my head. Damn, that's a dig. Jeez, that one would stink. Oh, if, if, you're thinking, if you're thinking I'm for the money, you don't even got a contract. Sorry ass, no contract having bitch. <laughs> like, jeez. Oh man. B, you pursued me, remember? Damn. And C, I hope you use a condom before you make baby number eight. Woof. That's, uh, that's something. <laughs> that is something. Is that all we get? Um, I'm not going to read the rest of this freaking article on Barstool Sports. We got what we came for. The, the big, the big message. Jeez. Wow. Well, that's, uh, that's definitely something you don't want publicly said, and you definitely don't want any of that to be true at all, so... Um, that's Le'Veon Bell, folks.
Oh, how the mighty have fallen. No, I mean, this man was the, one of the greatest running backs in the league. And now, no contract having, seven kids having, not the greatest. <laughs> not the greatest. So, do we want him in Atlanta now? If he can, you know, just be good on the field, that's all we kind of care about here. I don't really care about the off-field stuff. Um, it's interesting to talk about, and it's obviously something to talk about when we're talking about an overall person, but what we do here on the show, we're just all about what you do on the field. I don't care about everything else. I care. I don't care. I don't weigh it when we talk about it, but yeah, that's, uh, that's something folks. That is, that is something. So we'll see what Le'Veon Bell does. Does he respond? We'll see. I doubt, I doubt it. Uh, but let's see what else we get here. Let's keep moving on. Alrighty, so the Patriots do sign their first-round pick, Mac Jones, to a $15 million rookie deal. Great for him. Uh, now we're really just kind of waiting on four more players. We got Trey Lance and Justin Fields. They both still don't have their contract, uh, but Mac Jones just signed his, and we talked about Trevor Lawrence's the, uh, the other day. So Mac Jones, I don't think he's going to work out in this league, but what we've been hearing so far is that it's really kind of an open quarterback competition there in New England, and we got training, camp, uh, training camps coming up. So... We'll see if he can kind of win out the starting job. And, um, you know, we know Cam Newton's not the greatest at the current moment. Um, so we'll see how he does in training camp and see if he can win that starting job. And uh, we'll see if we are wrong on Mac Jones. But another kind of thing to talk about, let's keep talking with the Patriots here, is that wide receiver Nikhil Harry has formally requested a trade from the Patriots. So I don't blame Nikhil Harry. He was kind of, you know, wide receiver number one last year. He, he was going into his second year with New England last year when Cam Newton showed up. So he was kind of wide receiver number one, their best one, and he's 6'4", which, you know, I'm all about the height and the speed here in the NFL. So I love that 6'4 target. But Cam Newton didn't really throw the ball that much, and when he did, it wasn't the greatest. So Nikhil Harry's production went down a little. Well, it was never really up, even rookie year. But 2020 really kind of was able to be wide receiver one, and he only came out with 309 yards. Really nothing great. You know, we can kind of attribute that to Cam Newton not being the greatest, and just now that he's wide receiver number one, Early on, second year, and he's not really an established wide receiver in the league or in college, you know, we can uh, understand his kind of lack of production come last season. And that was, you know, overall with the Patriots. Everybody's production was down last season. They weren't even that, they were honestly very bad last season. <clears throat> and we can kind of attribute that to a little bit of Cam Newton. So, uh, only 309 yards last season. He did also only have 57% catch percentage, which is very not good. Uh, but once again, do we chalk that up to just Nikhil Harry not being good? Or do we chalk that up to Cam Newton not being good? I'll let y'all pick that one. Um, and then what did New England go out and do this season? They got Jacoby Myers. They got Nelson Aguilar. They got Kendrick Bourne. That's three great wide receivers right there. So now Nikhil Harry went from number one to basically the number fourth option here. So he's like, yeah, I'm out of here. I'm not dealing with Cam Newton, and I'm definitely not going to be the number four around here. I'm out. So this was the statement here by uh, Nikhil Harry's agent. Here we go. For the past several months, I have been working in cooperation with the Patriots behind the scenes to put a plan in place to allow Nikhil to thrive in New England. Through two seasons, he has 86 targets. That's low as heck, folks. We just talked about Darren Waller getting 145 targets as the tight end. This man's wide receiver number one here. 
um, which obviously hasn't met the expectations the Patriots and Nikhil had when they drafted a dominant downfield threat who was virtually unstoppable at the point of attack in college. You know, playing him up a little bit. He's your agent. What are you going to say about him? And like we said, he is 6'4", so I am about the height, folks. I am keeping 6'4". Um, what else we get here? Uh, following numerous conversations with the Patriots, I believe it's time for a fresh start and best for both parties if Nikhil moves on before the start of training camp. That is why I have informed the Patriots today I am formally requesting a trade on behalf of my client. Nikhil understands a key ingredient in production is opportunity. And like we said, they just went out and got a whole new offense, three new wide receivers, two new tight ends, and now Nikhil Harry is kind of thrown to the trash. Hey, all right, you're out of here. Goodbye. Never had the opportunity to prove himself, and now will never, unfortunately, at least for this Patriots team. Um, he will continue to work hard to develop and refine his craft after missing a large portion of his rookie year due to injury. His draft day expectations for the NFL for his NFL career have not changed. We are confident success is just around the corner for him and will aggressively pursue it. So that's uh, what we've got for the Patriots. We got uh, Mac Jones getting signed to his rookie deal and now Nikhil Harry looking for a trade. And now, you know, where does he go? Training camp's coming. Who gives him a look? Do they actually trade him? Do they just let him go? What's the deal? But um, kind of, I would expect this to happen. Uh, the Patriots, like we said, they got three good wide receivers already. They don't really need Nikhil Harry. He hasn't proven himself in this league. He hasn't had the opportunity. But 6'4", I would take a chance at him as wide receiver number three if I'm a team that needs a wide receiver. Um, what do the Lions got as wide receiver? I'd take a chance on him if I was Detroit. What do you got to lose? Um, I don't think they got anybody. They obviously lost their main man, uh, Kenny Galladay. So just, you know, a team that just pops up in my head is, you know, Detroit. They're a growing team, uh, a new team. Uh, what do they got as receivers? <clears throat> Tyrell Williams, Brashad Perryman, and Quintez Sefris. I mean, Brashad Perryman solid. What is uh, well, not even solid, just kind of tier three ish. Um, Tyrell Williams did 651 yards last season. Brashad Perryman with the Jets, um, he did 500 yards. So I mean, yeah, Nikhil Harry could try to, you know, there's there's teams, there's options for him. We'll see which team, if any, goes after Nikhil Harry. All right, let's keep going here. Here we go. Washington football team running back Antonio Gibson priding himself on 1,000 yards rushing in 2021. So we can quickly go through this. We still got some good stuff to talk about. Maybe we'll save some of this stuff for tomorrow. Maybe. We'll see. Oh, we got time. Whatever. But let's keep going here. <clears throat> Washington football team running back Antonio Gibson priding himself on, you know, rushing for 1,000 yards in 2021. Now, when we look at Washington's depth chart, he's – Definitely the running back. He's running back number one, and there's really no running back number two. So Antonio Gibson is number one. Do I have his stats up? Um, yes, here we go. Antonio Gibson, last season, 795 yards in his rookie year rushing, and he had 247 yards receiving. Not bad. So kind of just over that kind of 1,000-yard uh, mark overall for the running back, which we definitely want to see. And if you did it year one, that's absolutely fantastic. Now, when we look at kind of who's running back number two out here, it's J.D. McKissick, and he was a wide receiver turned running back folks his first three years first four years first three years in Seattle where you know he's coming out of college as a wide receiver then he kind of turns running back in 2019 with the Lions but he only had 205 rushing yards but 233 receiving yards and then come last season with Washington 365 rushing yards with 500 receiving yards so he's a little bit more of a better catcher of the football 
than he is a running back, truly a wide a wide receiver turned running back. So Antonio Gibson is truly kind of wide, <clears throat> running back number one out here. So him on pace for 1,000 yards after he got 800 yards rookie year, yeah, this is what we're kind of expecting from him. So the fact that he's expecting that from himself, wants to be that 1,000-yard uh, rusher, prides himself on getting that. Once again, we can buy this Washington team. They're all trying to get better. And like we said, they don't have really kind of A1 tier 1 pieces. They have kind of tier 2 emerging potentially tier 1 if they keep their kind of growth up. Terry McLaurin, uh, wide receiver. Antonio Gibson, running back. So... We'll see how the quarterback does. That's really how far Washington can go this year. We're expecting the defense to be as good as it was last year, and it was kind of, was it top five? Do we call that defense top five last year? Pro probably, definitely top ten. I think we can all agree on that, but top five, I think you can make the argument. Um, but, um, yeah, it's really just going to be how far does Ryan Fitzpatrick or Taylor Heineke takes this team. So, uh, we know the coaching staff is set. Like we said, the pieces, they're decent pieces all around the field, wide receiver, running back, and it's really just how good are the quarterbacks. So let's go to this article right here, see what we get quote-wise, and see what we're saying. So, pleased with the array of offseason additions made by his Washington football team, running back Antonio Gibson has made it known he thinks his squad, quote, has a lot of weapons heading into 2021 season. I don't know, I don't know if I call them weapons. Um potential potential pieces that may do damage I don't know if we fully upgrade that to weapons quite yet, uh, but let's keep going here. That doesn't alter the individual aspirations Gibson has, and rushing for 1,000 yards was one he had as a rookie and maintains ahead of his second season. Quote, that was something I really wanted last year. This year, I'm priding myself on surpassing that. So that's great. Setting goals. We all love that. Um, that was the quote, and then we get this last quote here. Really kind of short on the quote here. All right. He's uh, very soft-spoken. He doesn't doesn't put himself out there. We we, we get it. Uh, with his toe injury seemingly behind him, Gibson has his health and a year of experiment, experience at the NFL level and at running back under his belt and boding well from him, for him and his 1,000-yard aspirations. Quote, last year was a learning process for me. I got the hang of it as the season went on, and I started showing progress. So, yeah, this is what we're talking about with Antonio Gibson. Once again, we can decently get behind this Washington team. This isn't kind of, you know, you know garbage already. You know, they're going to be top three in the NFC East just because, you know, Philadelphia is kind of our lowest. And, you know, depending on how Dallas's defense does, depending on how Daniel Jones does offensively, Washington can be right back up there as division winners like they were last season. So we'll see how Antonio Gibson does. We'll see how the quarterbacks do. But they've got a solid squad there in Washington. Don't sleep on them. All right, let's move on to the Browns now. Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield not worried about outside expectations. Quote, you set your own standards. All righty, solid here by the Browns. Um, like we've kind of been saying, this Browns team, they they were great last season, folks. They were truly great. Uh, Kevin Stefanski knows how to run this team, and Baker Mayfield was an above-average uh, play uh, game manager with pieces all around him. So this, is, this team is set up for success. Now there are some things to kind of take into consideration. Is Baker Mayfield, was he kind of productive? Because when we look at his stats, 
His stats were solid, solid stats, but the one thing that jumps out big time to us is the eight interceptions, not throwing a lot of interceptions. He had three to one touchdown and interception ratio at 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Absolutely fantastic. That's what we're talking about. So, you know, he threw 14 interceptions rookie year, 21 picks, 2019, absolutely trash, and just eight last season. So, how was... The empty stands responsible for Baker Mayfield not making the mistakes throughout the season, or is it truly just Kevin Stefanski putting this man in the right situations on how to play the game and how to play winning football? So we have these two narratives going into this season, and one's going to emerge. You know, if he flounders this year, I don't think I put it on Kevin Stefanski. It could be the fans in the stands, and if he still plays great, we put it on Kevin Stefanski. So uh, Baker Mayfield... Loving that he's kind of, you know, not worried about the outside expectations because they are decently big. You just went 11-5 and five and were competitive against the Chiefs in the playoffs, won a playoff game. So there are definitely decent expectations for this team to stay the same or get a little bit better. Definitely do not want to see this team take a step back from what they did last season. But let's see what Baker Mayfield's saying here. Pressures on him again this season to still be very productive. The game manager not losing the game by, you know, some mistakes that he throws. You're not going to win in this league throwing 21 interceptions. I can guarantee you that. Just ask Jameis Winston who threw 30. So let's see what we're getting here by Baker Mayfield. Let's, uh, let's go in the article. Here we go. Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield joined TNT during Tuesday's The Match charity golf match and said the locker room isn't concerned about outside expectations, but rather setting its own goals. Now, what are these own goals? Because are you making them realistic or are you making them too kind of way too low? Because this, this is a team now. You're in it. You were in the playoffs last year, and once you get in the playoffs, we're expecting playoffs after playoffs after playoffs. Um, obviously, we want to see the run get deeper in the playoffs, you know, starting at wild card, divisional, championship game, Super Bowl, obviously the natural course. And we don't want to see you take a step back until you are actively rebuilding. So once you make the playoffs, once you're a playoff club team, you got to keep going there. So we have to see these expectations still be kind of, you know, playoff worthy Super Bowl contenders. So let's see what Baker Mayfield's saying about their expectations that they're putting on themselves. Here we go. We definitely had a lot of conversations about expectations come within our own locker room. You know, you set your own standards. You can't listen to any of that outside stuff. And that's what matters because you can feed into the good stuff or the bad. And it's all going to neg negatively affect you. What we have to do a good job of keeping our guys focused on day one and one week at a time. So, you know, saying all the right things there, absolutely what you want to hear. And we got one more quote. Uh, with Odell Beckham returning from injury and even and the ever-consistent Jarvis Landry at wideout, the best backfield combo in the back in the NFL, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, we do agree with that, and one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, the Browns' offense should be stellar. If Mayfield's play improves like it did down the stretch of the 2020 season, additionally, the Browns revamped the entire defense, including adding Javion Clowney, Jadavion Clowney, John Johnson, Troy Hill, Greg Newsome, and Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Some great names there. Jadavion Clowney, obviously great. Greg Newsome, obviously great. And Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, folks, rookie that we are big, big, big on. Uh, quote here by Baker Mayfield. I'm really excited. All the moves that we've made bringing some of these guys in 
Obviously, really talented people, but seems like it's a bunch of locker room guys. Good chemistry going on. I'm excited to get this thing, get it running. And, you know, he brings up the locker room, and I do think Kevin Stefanski holds a big piece into that. This man seems like a great NFL coach. I'm loving what we've been seeing from him just kind of in the game plans and on the sideline. It truly seems like the Browns have finally found their head coach that can lead them to a win, and we kind of just saw that last season. So we are going to be big on this Browns team. But, you know, it's going to be tough, man, you know, because the expectations are kind of high. Get to the second round of the playoffs. At least, at least, we just saw you do it last season. Put up or shut up. And this AFC is absolutely crowded with talent. Chiefs, Ravens, Browns, Colts, Bills, uh, Titans. I mean, we, we've got some uh, potentially the Dolphins, uh, potentially the Steelers. Uh, potentially the Chargers, potentially the Broncos, potentially the Raiders. I mean, that AFC West could be real dangerous this season. So a lot of great talent here in the AFC, and the Browns are going to have to kind of get back on their bullshit, try to be 11-5 and like they were last season, compete in that tough division, the AFC North, and see what they can do. But uh, big expectations here outside. We'll see how uh, they live up to it. All righty, let's um, – uh, let's uh, – yeah, we can go over this quickly. Uh, so Derek Carr, her, you know, he. So we're talking about Derek Carr and Devontae Adams playing together in college. Absolutely fantastic. And now with the uh, Devontae Adams not knowing what's going on with Aaron Rodgers, potentially he moves off of the Packers come next season. So we had Derek Carr, Derek Carr, kind of reach out, be like, "Oh, I would love to play with this man." And then we had Devontae Adams kind of respond to that and be like, "Oh yeah, that's my guy. I would love to be there." And now we got Derek Carr responding to the response of Devontae Adams. So. Quote here by Derek Carr, I said I'm going to go full court press the guy when he's a free agent. There's no doubt I'll buy him a car. Whatever I got to do, he'd fit in so well with our guys. So once again, Aaron Rodgers, if you know you want the help on your team, you gotta, you just gotta show up, and you know sometimes you just kind of gotta, you know, swallow your pride if you want to, or just bury the hatchet for the greater good of everybody's career and just play or not. It's your decision. Make make your choice. But if you don't show up to the training camp, it's going to probably be a hundred percent that Devontae Adams leaves. Even if you do somehow play this year, he's like, well, now I can't even. I, you're a wild card. Aaron Rodgers, you don't show up, then you do still play. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play this game anymore, and I'm gonna go to somebody else that I have chemistry with. So, Aaron Rodgers, if you don't want to lose your talent, you probably should show up to training camp come the end of this month. So, Derek Carr wants some. Devontae Adam loves Derek Carr, and the Raiders, they desperately need something to kind of just push, put this team over the edge in great competition. So, we'll see what happens. Obviously. It, it, it's really all depending on what Aaron Rodgers does. Does Devontae Adams stay or leave? Does he go and play with Derek Carr? It's really all depending on, in my opinion, what Aaron Rodgers decides to do for this training camp. So we'll focus in on that as we get closer to the end of July, obviously, and we'll know more. Alrighty, let's keep going here. We're going to talk, start talking about the NBA Finals from last night, and then we will open up those um, NFT blockchain cards. So here we go. Um, let's start with this because this is so funny, folks. I mean, what a great kind of atmosphere. What a great way to get into a player's head um, by not being just kind of outright disrespectful and wild and throwing wild absurdities around the entire time. 
So Giannis at the free throw line, it's a long process. You get 10 seconds. You know, that's the rule. If you take longer than 10 seconds, you lose that chance um, at the free throw. It's like a delay of game call. Uh, so Giannis, he takes a long time, folks. I mean, there's he's on record of taking like 15 seconds. And, you know, what the opposing crowd is now doing is counting out as soon as he touches the ball. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, they just keep going and counting and it's 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 wholesome as heck. It's 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 the playful disrespect as heck. It's what you love, it's what you expect from a home crowd atmosphere. So, Giannis at the free throw line. How could you not hear? The stadium is dead quiet besides, you know, 20,000 people just counting, counting, counting to 10 until the violation comes. So, Giannis was asked um yesterday Giannis on the Suns crowd chance when he's at the free throw line. He says, quote, of course I noticed. There's 20,000 people yelling, one, two, three, four. It's just so funny. And, uh, you know, Giannis, you know, he's not the greatest free throw shooter. It gets into his head maybe a little bit. He obviously hears it. He's confirming that he does hear y'all chanting. So now you have to keep it up even louder and better. Uh, but it's just it's just a great time. I'm smiling every time Giannis goes to the free throw line just because it's just it's just so playfully smurfy. It's great. It's just great. So Giannis at the free throw line is a problem. He does take longer. Sometimes they get up to 11 to 12. Sometimes they count a little fast. They don't usually call the call because overall it's kind of a lame thing to do. But you do have to have that rule in place to keep the game moving so he doesn't spend 20 minutes at the line. Uh, so. That's where we're at with the honest at the free throws. Now, does it work? I mean, kind of. He shot 5 of 7, uh, uh, 7 of 12, excuse me, 7 of 12 from the free throw line, 58%. That's still not great, but he's still not a good three free throw shooter by himself. So that added extra pressure of them counting. And if you kind of noticed yesterday, as the game progressed and as he was taking more free throws, he was kind of shooting exactly when they got to 10. And I think the chanting was actually helping him just kind of, you know, get into a rhythm. You know, free throws are all just muscle memory. That's why you take a 1,000 in a day just to have that same memory that same muscle memory so it's come to, it's cash every time it goes and I think Giannis that muscle memory of hearing the crowd chanting and he's on pace it was kind of I think it was kind of hitting more at the end of the game than it was at the beginning so uh, yeah I, I think Giannis is kind of using this to his advantage and I, I kind of give him credit for it so let's talk about game one yesterday. Suns end up winning 118-105. Our Bucks plus six did not hit, unfortunate. And we had great value because we bought Bucks plus six early in the day. And then come game time decision, Giannis does play. And the line ended up dropping from Bucks plus six to Bucks plus four and a half. So, you know, we did get the best value we could. Unfortunately, Chris Paul showed up absolutely fantastically and, you know, blew out this team by 13. I'll give that a blowout. So Suns win 118-105. Let's start with the Suns last night. Absolutely great game. We have to start here with Chris Paul because he went manic. First finals game ever in his career, and he goes manic. You give the man total credit. He's not floundering. He's not shying away from the big spotlight. He put up 32 points, the leading score for the squad, while having nine assists, leading a sister for the squad. Fantastic. And he shot great. He shot great. Four of seven from three, 63% on 19 shots. Absolutely fantastic. 
fantastic, folks. He was having P.J. Tucker on him, shooting right over him. He was having Brooke Lopez on him. So this is going to be kind of a big kind of fix for Mike Budenholzer. You must lock up Chris Paul. By any means necessary, he is torching you. He's getting his kind of nice mid-range that he loves, that kind of fall-away mid-range jumper that's always cashed by him. And he was on his bullshit with the threes, hitting four of seven. Mo made the most uh, of the game. Did anybody else have four? Chris Middleton had five. So uh, second most in the game, most on his team. Fantastic by Chris Paul last night. Devin Booker, a pretty solid night points-wise, not efficient. And that's something that we have been saying a little bit too often here by Devin Booker. We haven't gotten that great, efficient blowout performance. So he, Devin Booker may be a little lucky to have Chris Paul here. I don't want to, you know, totally not give any credit to Devin Booker because he was the second leading scorer for the squad, like he kind of should be. He should be number one, number two. You can put Chris Paul, Devin Booker, one, two, however you want. But Devin Booker, 27 points, which is great. Six assists, two rebounds, three steals, great there. But one of eight from the three... 38% on 21 shots, just not the most efficient out there. 10 of those 27 points coming from the line. So Devin Booker, um, you know, his first finals as well. And Chris Paul kind of, you know, goes right by him. So we give Chris Paul a lot of credit last night. Uh, DeAndre Ayton deserves a ton of credit. We were kind of, you know, hesitant on how DeAndre Ayton would fare against Brooke Lopez down low, but Brooke Lopez just being on Chris Paul, he's not down low, and DeAndre Ayton was having a free reign. So once again, the Bucks struggled against Game 1 against the Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals because Trey Young went manic... And then they were able to lock it down for the rest of the series. Trey Young never had a great game. So we'll see if Mike Bootenhauser is actually playing kind of 3D chess here of, hey, we're going to let Chris Paul go crazy. So we lull you into a false sense of security. And then we're going to take it away from you, pull the rug out from under you game two. And then you're not going to know what to do because you're like, well, it worked one game. Oh, man, we can't get ahead of this. Like exactly how the Hawks went. Hawks win game one. On the road, and then they lose games two, three, and four. Were they down three, one? I think they were. So we'll see here what Mike Boonhauser does, but you have to have Brooke Lopez on DeAndre Ayton. Absolutely 100%. And, you know, Clint Capella was kind of getting locked up later in the series when, um, you know, Brooke Lopez was being a little bit more better down low, and Trey Young couldn't have the high pick and roll game. So we'll see if Mike Boonhauser is cleaning this up game two. You need to, because whatever you did game one, it did not work. So. DeAndre Ayton had a great game, 22 points, 19 rebounds, folks. An absolutely beautiful game by this man. Very well done. Um, I think he had a little bit of a better game overall than Devin Booker did, folks. So that's what we're kind of talking about. Devin Booker kind of the number three here in game number one when we're kind of looking at him as the number one. Jay Crowder is still killing me. Jay Crowder, we are trying to sell your card. We just pulled your silver parallel in uh, in those uh, Panini packs, and we're trying to sell your card, and you go 0 of 5 from 3 and 0 of 8 from the field? Come on! We've got money on you. You're driving down your own value. Nobody bought the card yesterday. We had it up for auction. 25 bucks. Nobody bought it. Damn you, Jay. We need you to be finals MVP for you to raise your own value. Oh, of eight from the field. Jeez Louise. He had 1.9 rebounds. He got it done defensively. He was a plus 19 on the floor scoring one point. So I give him credit for that defensively. Uh, nine rebounds was great as well. 
And that McCall Bridges, a great night by him. 14 points, not efficient, Three of uh, 38% on 13 shots. He shot 2 of 4 from 3, not bad. But we'll take those 14 points all day. And then the bench here of the Suns, and I love it, folks. What have we been wanting to see Cameron Payne get more minutes? He got 16 and put up 10 points. We'll take that. I'll take the 10 points from Cameron Payne. Um, I'm surprised he didn't have any assists. I thought I saw some assisting out there by Cameron Payne, but not official stats. But he was able to kind of just facilitate the floor when Chris Paul's not on there and score 10 points on 50% shooting, 2 of 5 from the 3, we'll take that. And then Cameron Johnson did the same thing, 10 points, he had 2 steals, 2 assists, 3 rebounds, great overall, and uh, once again, 50% from the field. So we'll take that as well. Two bench players getting 10-plus points. That's exactly what the Suns team needs. And Cameron Payne kind of holding it down with Chris Paul not on the floor, another thing that this Suns team needs. So we give, um, we give the Suns team credit. They all showed up game one at home. Fantastic win. Alrighty, now let's go to the Milwaukee Bucks now. What happened with this team? Here we go. So, we got uh, Drew Holiday, 10 points, 9 assists, 7 rebounds. He wasn't shooting very well, and that's something that the Bucks are keying on. Why have they been great this kind of postseason? Drew Holiday getting it done, scoring about, you know, 20-plus points every single night, but he shot 20% on 14 shots and 0-4 from the 3. Truly couldn't get it done. Chris Middleton still playing the 2 here, 29 points, led the team in scoring, 5 of 12 from 3. He was going on some nice uh, runs that try to that kind of, you know, closed the lead. They they brought like a 20-point deficit in the fourth quarter all the way down to like single digits uh, at like 7 minutes left. Unfortunately, they could not keep it up, and Chris Middleton was kind of the reason that the lead shrunk a little bit in the fourth quarter. So you give Chris Middleton credit. He's trying to do his own thing out there. Brooke Lopez only playing 22 minutes, 17 points, six rebounds. Giannis, and he also, Brooke Lopez also shot three or five from the three, which which is once again, I mean, Brooke Lopez being their best three-point shooter, it's not the best thing that this Bucks team needs. Giannis did end up playing last night, 35 points, 20 points, 17 rebounds, and he was a plus one on the floor, folks. Everybody else in the starting lineup, a minus. Uh, Drew Holiday, minus 16 on the floor. Chris Middleton, minus 11. Brooke Lopez, minus 17. And P.J. Tucker, minus 14. But Giannis, in 32 minutes, a plus one on the floor. He was having his way down low. There was nobody able to guard him. He was bodying up everybody down low and getting to the paint at will. And, you know, they just kind of took him out a couple of times. And, you know, he wasn't kind of, you know, forcing his way down in the paint the entire game. So was it, you know, the pain getting to him? Was it the injury getting it to him? What was it? But uh, you have to have Giannis be a main focal point here in game number two because he was the one that was working against his son's team all game long. And then we get P.J. Tucker. Seven points, three rebounds. Once again, he's just a defender out there, but he was a minus 14 on the floor. Uh, three of six from the field. Not bad, actually, for what P.J. Tucker does. So I guess we give him decent credit last night. Off the bench here, we get Bobby Portis, five points on five shots, a minus 10 on the floor as well on 14 minutes. Not great at all. Uh, Bryn Forbes played 12 minutes, and you know he had two of four from the three. So it wasn't bad. Uh, six points on five shots for Bryn Forbes. Pat Connaughton playing eight, uh, playing 28 minutes. He was uh, eight points and two rebounds, and he was a plus two on the floor. So once again, I kind of like you know having PJ Tucker off the bench, moving Pat Connaughton to the two, moving Chris Middleton to the three. I would really like to see Mike Boonhauser kind of you know change this starting lineup a little bit. I just think there's too many non-outside shooters of PJ Tucker, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez out on the floor at the same time. So. I would like to see Mike Boonhauser switch up the lineups a little bit. He's going to have to do something differently because, you know, having Brooke Lopez on Chris Paul just was not it. And I don't 
understand why he thought that would be it. But they were switching on everything, and Chris Paul was just kind of picking on who he would kind of go against. Oh, you're going to switch everything? Well, then, hey, get over here so I can have, you know, Brooke Lopez on me. Because if you're just going to switch everything, I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick and choose who I'm going to score against. And I can score against everybody. My kind of fall away mid-range jumper is high enough, has a high enough arc to get over tall seven-foot Brooke Lopez. So, Suns end up winning game one, 118-105. And, you know, our initial prediction of Suns in six, I kind of like what I saw. Yes, Giannis was being good, but everybody else floundering a little bit out there. So, um, Suns, man. Chris Paul had an absolutely extraordinary game. DeAndre Ayton went off, and Devin Booker was just kind of a third out there and did great three things. So, we give Suns credit last night. And uh, if we have to judge the entire series off of game one, it's going to be Suns absolutely all day. All right, so we got game two tomorrow. We'll break that down, look at the line, and talk all that through. But uh, let's open up some cards, baby. Here we go. The Panini NFT blockchain Don Russ NBA Net Marvels were just released today. Sold out in seven minutes, but we were able to cop 10, baby. Yes, sir. So, and Panini is getting real crazy here today, folks. They are getting crazy with their blockchain NFT cards because they released these cards. But then they also snuck in this challenge here. So, they are releasing a Marva Luka Doncic card but to get that card, you can't buy it. It's not in a pack. You have to complete the Marvel set. There's 10 Marvel cards that you need to have and hold on to for six days. So you can't just, oh, well, I owned it once. Um, it has to be in your collection at the end of six days to earn the Luka Doncic card. So they are going crazy here with the NFT and trading and auctioning should be crazy over the next six days for players, for people trying to get this Luka Doncic card. So, to get the card, you need... Oh, can we first talk about the cards? This is why we bought them, honestly, because these Marvels are absolutely fantastic. Kind of like um, comic book cover cards with NBA players. It's great. Um, so, to get the Luka Doncic card, you need to get the Trey Young Marvel, the Zach Levine Mar Marvel, the Pascal Siaka Marvel... Russell Westbrook Marvel, Ben Simmons Marvel, Rui Hachimura Marvel, RJ Barrett Marvel, Paul George Marvel, Joel Embiid Marvel, and Giannis Antetokounmpo Marvel. So these are the cards that we are wanting to pull here because, you know, when we're trying to make money on the resale market, this is what people are going to buy because they want the exclusive Luka Doncic card. Now, we have 10 packs. There's 10 cards. So if we get lucky enough, we may be able to get the Luka Doncic card by not kind of buying on the resale market. Now, the odds of that are really low, but hey, you never know what happens here. So, with all that being said, let's jump into our cards. And I think we're going to open all 10 packs, folks. I truly think we are because we want to pull those exclusive cards needed for the set for Luka Doncic to try to make, you know, I'm not going to lie, we're trying to make a little money out here. Trying to make a little money. Sue us. Sue us. Little old us out here trying to make a little bit of money. So those are the cards that we are truly looking for. So let's start opening these packs. Like I said, we were able to snag 10 of them. So we'll take that all day. So here we go. First pack up. Hopefully we can open these and there's not. Oh, you can't open them. There's two. There's high volume. That's nonsense. Here we go. First pack. Oh, and we got it right off the rip. Fantastic. All right. First pack, folks. Two base cards. One. 
one Marvel in every pack, and uh, this one's on the left side. Uh, we know by the gold glow, so we will reveal that one last. So here we go. First card up. Obviously, in base cards, uh, Joe Harris, not the greatest. Good number or no? No, 14, six, or 1648 out of 1799. For base cards, we're really looking for Lamellos. We can make decent money on Lamellos. Luka Doncic is selling for decent. Trey Young, about 20 bucks. Luka Doncic, like I said, about 80. Lamello, about 120. I just saw one go for like 130 the other day. Fantastic. Uh, LeBron James, obviously. Kevin Durant, obviously. So those are what we are looking for in base. And for those Marvels, we're looking for any of those collection cards. So here we go. Second base card. Uh, Jurat Culver, Ugh. Ugh. bad number two, 1600. All right, here we go. The Marvel, our first Marvel, baby. Let's start this collection out good. Let's get one of those 10 Marvels. Here we go. Here we go. First Marvel up, baby. Oh, I'll take it. It's not the collection that we need, but it's an Anthony Davis. Once again, just look at these cards, folks. It's just a good-looking card. Great-looking card. So, Anthony Davis Marvel, 154 out of 500. These Marvels are numbered up to 500, so not a bad number either. And Anthony Davis, real solid out there. Alrighty. That's pack one. So we're not going to be able to, unfortunately, we are not going to be able to uh, complete the collection by just what we bought today. Truly unfortunate. Uh, let's go to our cards. And open pack number two here. Alrighty, these marvels are all on the left. It's weird because the silver prisms that we opened up, they were all on the right. So, a little interesting. Alright, but here we go. First base card in pack number two. We got Spencer Dinwiddie. Ugh, ugh. Good number, five, 495. Not bad. Here we go. Second base card. Derrick Rose. Okay, I'll take a D Rose card. Bad number, 1641 out of 1799. Base cards are all numbered up to 1799, and these Marvels are all numbered up to 500. But let's see what Marvel number two is. Here we go. Oh, Steph Curry Marvel, baby. I'll take it. Not part of the collection that we need, but it's Steph Curry, baby. I'll take that. So we got Steph Curry, Anthony Davis. Solid, solid. It's solid. All right, let's open up another pack here. Pack number three. I think we're going to open all of them. think we're going to open all of them. But let's see. Uh, we want something good. We want something real good. Want, we want a LaMelo Marvel. We want a um, LaMelo Marvel. Uh, obviously, we can't get the Luka Doncic. Uh, Kevin Durant Marvel. LeBron Marvel. Something like that. Uh, but Anthony Davis and Steph Curry, I'll take those so far. But here we go. Base card number one of pack number three. Here we go. Chris Paul, oh, yes, talk about finals MVP, we're going to have this up for auction, folks, if you want a Chris Paul card, get it while it's hot, because once he wins finals MVP, value is skyrocketing, and you can get the good deal here early on, so, oh, yeah, we got Chris Paul and Jay Crowder cards already, love it, all right, base card number two, we got Bam out of bio, all right, he, hey, he's an Olympian, folks, you're not going to buy an Olympian card, come on, get, get it while it's hot, all right, Marvel card number three, here we go, Oh, Paul George, and that's part of the set, folks. That's part of the set, number 313 out of 500. So, that's solid. Like I said, for the resell, we may be able, because people are going to go for that Luka card, in my opinion. Um, unfortunately, our camera died, so whatever, whatever we left off on, that's the face for the rest of it. But our voice is still here, folks. You will still hear us. All right, here we go. Pack number four, we pulled Paul George. That's pretty solid for us so far. Probably the best one we pulled so far since it's part of the collection. But let's keep going here. Pack number four.
Base card number one. Chris Paul again. Jeez Louise. All right. We got two of them, folks. We'll sell them as a set. Here we go. Base card number two. LaMarcus Aldridge. Okay. Okay. 316. Solid number. I'll give, I'll give that, but it's LaMarcus Aldridge. You know what I mean? All right. Marvel number four. Here we go. What do we get? LeBron James. Yes, sir. Pretty solid number two. 101 out of 500. Joe, folks, look at this card. Look at that card. So not a part of the collection, but still an overall pretty solid card. All right. Pack number five. If we can get there. Come on. Alrighty, here we go. Pack number six. Oh my God, the volume's too high right now. Okay, jeez. I was going to say, we pulled the LeBron card and they're trying to take it away from us. Alrighty, here we go. Base card number one of pack five. Here we go. Kevon Looney. Jeez, that man is... No disrespect, but the man can't play, folks. All right, here we go. Card number two, base card. Paul Reed, rookie card. All right, trash. All right, here we go. What we're, re what we're really looking for. Here we go. Net Marvel number five. Russell Westbrook, part of the collection. Number 276 out of 500. I'm really looking for a number one, folks. If uh, I want to see what a number one is. Let me get that number one. Uh, but once again, part of the collection. Solid here. All right, let's keep going. We're going on to pack number six, baby. Some solid pulls already. I'm big on what we've pulled already so far. Here we go. All righty. Pack number six, base card number one. We could always use another Lamello. De'Aaron Fox. Okay, okay. 762. And base number two here, Marcus All. Jeez, that's woof, woof. All right, but now we're back at the we're back at a Marvel, baby. What do we get? Come on, give us another good one. Steph Curry again. All right, two Curries, number four thirty-eight this time. Bad number. Um, so we got two Curries. We don't want any duplicates out here. Two Chris Pauls, two Steph Curries. We gotta do a little better than that, Panini. No, don't give me no duplicates. So we got four packs left. Here we go, pack number seven. Pack number seven. Here we go. Base card number one of pack seven. We get Spencer Dinwiddie. What do we get in the doubles for, folks? Stop with the dupes. But this is a good number. 191, but it's Spencer Dinwiddie. All righty. Here we go. Base card number two. Frank Nicotilina. 710. All righty. Come on, baby. Come on, Marvel, baby. Let's get it. Let's get it here. Oh, my goodness. Dupes. Trips. Stop with the curries. Jeez. It's a good card. Don't get me wrong. This is a good card. But, damn, we didn't need three of them. All right, Panini, come on. Come on. They gave us the LeBron. They gave us the Curry. They gave us the Russell Westbrook, the Paul George. They're like, you're not getting anything else. All righty. Here we go. Pack number seven. No, pack number eight. Here we go. Base card, pack number eight. Tobias Harris. Okay. I think uh, I think I saw a card go for like 10 bucks. Base card number two, McCall Bridges. Hey, we're getting the whole roster here of the NBA champions, baby. Come on. Come on. Love it. All righty. Marvel number eight. Here we go. 
LeBron, another LeBron? 327, if you're going to give us duplicates, give us number one through five at least. Jeez. All righty, what else do we get? We got two more packs. Let's get it going here. Let's get a Giannis Marvel. Let's get a Giannis Marvel, baby. Let's get a Luca Marvel. Let's get a LaMelo Marvel. Here we go. Base card number one to pack number nine. Kelly Oubre Jr. Tsunami Poppy. S. Dollar sign. T. U. Man, floundered this year. All right, here we go. Uh, Kiara Luz Jr. Okay, rookie card. 1256. Trash. Uh, this Kelly Oubre, though, is 88. Me trash, but all right. All right, here we go. Marvel number nine. I swear to goodness, folks. Do not give me another LeBron. Do not give us another Curry. Let's get something good here. Here we go. Panini. Let's get it. Here we go. Pascal Siakam. And hey, that's part of the uh, base as well, the set. So we've got three solid base that people are going to want. We'll see what they go for. All right, folks. It's going to be our last one here. Our last little old pack. There's no more for sale. This is the last one we have and will ever have. So let's see if we can pull something good. We want Giannis. We want Durant. We want, and this is high volume. Stop it. Here we go. We're back at it. We want Durant. We want Luka. We want LaMelo. We want Giannis. Come on, baby. But let's start with these base cards. Last base cards up. Here we go. Yusuf Nurchich. Yusuf Nurchich. All righty. And then our last base card we're pulling. What do we get? Tony Snell. Jeez, I don't want a Tony Snell card, folks. Come on. All right, folks. This is it. The granddaddy. The last pack. The last card. It's got to be something good. Giannis Marvel. LaMelo Marvel. Durant Marvel. Luca Marvel. That's not existent. But maybe they slipped one in. Who knows? Here we go. Here we go. Come on. I swear, if it's Curry, if it's Curry, folks, I swear. Here we go. Last card. Paul George again. All righty. So two Georges. Oh, this is number four. Oh, oh, oh. We'll take that, baby. That's the last pull, no? Part of the collection, number four. If you're going to buy any cards, you're going to buy number four, no? Yes, sir. There it is. Love it. Love it. Hey, we ended on the bang, I would say. That's a little bang. Y'all see that? Number four. Number four owned by Takes by Fans, baby. Y'all don't know the show? <laughs> Y'all don't want some of uh, Takes by Fans merchandise? It's right here, baby. Come on. Woof. So some solid pulls. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. We got some good Marvels. That's what we were looking for. The base cards, that's all just kind of nonsense. We don't need anything like that. But um, these Marvels, folks, the Paul George number four, Siakam part of the set, LeBron, LeBron won. Uh, Curry, one of three. Curry, what's our highest Curry number? Russell Westbrook, 276. LeBron, 101. That's our best LeBron. Paul George, 313. So we got four and 313, and then Curry, 318. So, and Anthony Davis. I, I like this Anthony Davis card. Real solid. 154, too. So, those are all of our Marvels that we pulled. Solid. I would say solid overall. Real just nice looking cards, folks. How can you not buy this? I mean, folks, come on. Come on. So, 
thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Um, I don't know when the next NFT drop is, uh, but we will most likely try for those packs as well. So if you like it, we'll try to be back with more of those. We are going to be looking at these. These are going to be what we're trying for tomorrow. Obviously, these aren't digital. These will be a live opening if we get them, but these come out tomorrow, and then we have to wait for these to ship. But these are first off the line elites, uh, five cards, 20 packs per box, and this is what we're going to be after, folks. Uh, so we'll see if we get these. We'll up uh, update you all tomorrow on the show if we do get those, and then we will have a video of us opening them if we get them in when they come. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us today, th uh, folks. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. We're back tomorrow live. Let's see. We, we've still got more notifications here um, on our drama with Aaron Rodgers. Tell me more about how I'm wrong. He was fourth in deep pass completions and led the league with deep passing yards. This man's still doubling down on it. Um, dude is playing with bombs out there. Would you trust them? You don't got a bad point, but he also had Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams. You know, he's got Robert Tanya now. He's got he's got help. He doesn't have any worse help than Tom Brady. He's got better. He, I think he's got better help overall than what Tom Brady had in his career. Um, imagine knocking out a quarterback. Did y'all not read the tweet? I said, I'm not knocking. I said, I'm not knocking. And this man says, imagine knocking out a QB for having 48 touchdowns and not in single digit interceptions. I will take Rogers production versus less interceptions. All right. You take his productions. I'll take Tom Brady's rings. I think we can all agree on that. Um, they don't have a reply now. Rogers is to go. Okay. So that's what I'm dealing with here, folks. That's what I'm dealing with. All right. But that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. And we are back uh, tomorrow, folks, doing it all again. So we're back tomorrow.